The Bruce and Hobbs podcast, made possible through the generous support of National Life Group. Their Life Changer of the Year program aims to honor those who are making a significant difference in the lives of students by exemplifying excellence, positive influence, and leadership. This annual program recognizes and rewards K-12 educators and school employees from around the country. Learn more and nominate a Life Changer at lifechangeroftheyear.com. National Life Group. Experience life. Welcome to the home of your two best buddies, Bruce and Hobbs. Join the conversation right now at bruceandhobbs.com. And now, here's your hosts, Bruce and Hobbs Zeman. We're into April 2017, and spring is supposed to be here. I say supposed to be because we had some snow here in Vermont this week, which was kind of unexpected. But that being said, it is a new month and time for a new episode of the Bruce and Hobbs Radio Podcast a podcast that is all about animals all the time. And if you're new to the show, I am Bruce, in theory anyway, the voice behind the program, and to my right, in his usual spot, the canine star of the Bruce and Hobbs media empire, that would be little Hobbs. Hobbs, how are you, little man? That's good. If you've joined us on a regular basis, welcome back. And if this is the first time that you've heard about us and are checking out the show, welcome. The podcast is all about animals, and our goal is to help you learn more about them become more informed, and become the best pet parent possible. Along the way, we spotlight people and organizations who help animals and share their stories. Your input is what makes this show. Your suggestions, comments, thoughts, any input on show topics, send them our way. You can connect with us on the web at bruceandhobbs.com, on Facebook at Bruce and Hobbs, your two best buddies, Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, or get our newsletter with the show link attached by emailing us at info at bruceandhobbs.com. Our guest this week is Matthew Lavallee, a pet grooming expert and the owner of Wagon Inn. Grooming is such a big part of a companion animal's overall well-being, but finding the right groomer for your animals can take some doing. There are many factors that go into selecting the right groomer, and there are equally as many reasons that a pet parent may or may not select somebody. During his visit with us, Matt is going to talk about some of these factors and also answer some of the common questions that come up in the process of selecting the right groomer for your companion animals. Also on the show, Gail Parmalee is back with positive pet news. Right now, grab your beverage of choice and get ready to increase your knowledge about animals. Join the Bruce and Hobbs podcast conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or at bruceandhobbs.com. Your two best buddies, Bruce and Hobbs. Welcome back. We're glad you could join us, and we hope our podcasts are a real resource to you. We cover multiple elements of the animal world, from care to rescue and everything in between. That's why we have experts in some of the organizations that help animals on the show to learn about them and to get the information to help you become the best pet parent possible. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend about us and let them know that here at Bruce and Hobbs Radio, we are all about animals all the time. Our guest this week is Matthew Lavalley. He is a pet grooming expert and the owner of the Wagon Inn here in Vermont. Pet grooming, a very important part of your companion animal's overall care. And Matt is kind enough to join us to give us the ABCs of pet grooming and talk about why it's so important. Matt, thanks for being here. Hey, Bruce. It's great to be back. Hey, Matt, over the last couple of years, you have built your business up to a point where you're a pretty busy guy these days. Taking care of your pet, obviously very important. But in terms of overall pet care, why is grooming so important? I think grooming is important whether you bring your pet to a groomer or groom at home. Clearly, it's hygiene. It's getting 
dirt and oils off their skin and toe, it's pretty important in the overall health of any animal to maintain a good, clean body. What exactly does grooming involve? At a grooming shop, typically we give them a bath. At my business, we actually bathe them twice. We start with the bath, and we then use what they call high-velocity dryers. High-velocity dryers shoot a steady stream of air into the coat and helps to blow the water away from the skin. We like to use those there over things like kennel dryers because they're much safer. We're with the dog when we're using them, and it dries them much quicker than kennel drying itself. So in our place, we then move the dog to the grooming table where we finish blow-drying them and start the grooming process, which usually requires brushing, trimming of some sort on most dogs, nail trimming, ear cleaning. I think home grooming can be great, a good bath, a towel dry, maybe use a blow dryer on a no-heat setting, and you can certainly achieve a good process at home as well. So is it safe to say that regular grooming is a good thing for all dogs, regardless of their breed? I think so. Some dogs need grooming more frequently. You have dogs that have hair instead of fur, which continuously grows, and so they do require that hair to be cut. And I think that what's important even for the short-haired dogs just to remove any of life's dirties out there and maintain a nice, clean, healthy dog. How do you know or figure out how often your pet needs to be groomed? I think that in the case of a dog with hair or a dog that requires their hair for it to get cut, usually every six to eight weeks is recommended in the field to keep the dog maintained. A lot of dogs that have hair can get matted very quickly. We've all seen videos online about dogs that are severely matted, so that doesn't take long for a dog to do that. I think in some cases and in some breeds, they may not need as frequent grooming. Sometimes you can actually over-groom a dog, and that will dry their skin out and cause other skin problems. So usually, professionally, every six to eight weeks, if you're doing it four or five times a year, that's great, too. Our guest this week is Matt Lavalley, owner of the Wagon Inn and an expert in pet grooming on Bruce and Hobbs Radio. Matt, are there some animals that shouldn't be groomed? I don't think so. I think any dog can be groomed. I think that certain dogs do require different grooming. And again, going back to the bathing, it's you don't want to overbathe. And the dogs with the hair, you don't want to let it get so long that it's matting and pulling at the skin and causing irritation. But I think overall, most dogs should get a bath and get groomed and have their nails trimmed. If the nails on a dog get too long, it can throw off their gait and cause muscle problems and things like that. So that's another important step in the grooming process is making sure that their nails are trimmed. But I think every dog in every breed should at least have a good scrub down. It's certainly important to their overall health. What about season and time of year? Does that matter? It does. And I think definitely in the summer, some dogs do require a good strip out of their undercoat or a good haircut to keep them on the cooler side. Certainly dogs can get very stressed in the heat. Their body temperatures run much higher than ours. So it is important to to maintain grooming in the summer. Here in Vermont, in the spring and the fall, we do tend to see an uptake in the tick population. So grooming can certainly help with that as well in locating them and removing those types of parasites. Of course, fleas are another issue. But I think that it's important 
in the wintertime, you can deal with snow, but they can certainly get matted very quickly. The snow and the water sits on the fur. It tends to mat up the fur. Some people think that keeping them longer and matted in the winter is better than giving them or having to give them a closer cut, when in actuality, the mats separate the fur and allow the colder air and moisture to get to the skin. So it's much better off. Keeping up with winter grooming as well, it's very important. So there are definitely seasonal changes that we do at the shop in regards to what we're doing with the dog itself and sort of what lengths and what processes we're taking during each season. Let me throw a scenario out here, Matt. Someone gets a dog for the first time. They've never had experience with a groomer before. Where do they start? This is such a great question, Bruce. It's very important. I think it's much like finding other things for your pet. People are very in tune now with what they're feeding their pet. They're bringing their pets to vet regularly for their visits. And it's an important process, and you want to find a place that fits your dog and that sort of fits you. So one time I had a customer come in, and she had a whole checklist. And she said to me, I'm sorry that I do this. It's just the way I am. And I said, actually, I wish more people would do this. I think it's important to find out what experience level the groomer has. The groomer doesn't necessarily have to be educated by a school. I was, and there are diplomas and certifications that grooming schools will give out. And I do think education is important. But some people learned on the job, on hand, and know their stuff where it's by a seasoned groomer, so I think that that's totally fine. I think asking what their experience level is, how they run the shop. Our shop is what we call an open concept shop, so we tend to let the dogs hang out together. We do have kennels inside, so that if we have a dog that doesn't enjoy that, we have somewhere where they can hang out and chill until their pet parent picks them up. But I think finding out what the facility is like, what processes they use. I mentioned kennel dryers. I'm sure people have heard over the years of pets dying in grooming shops. Most of the time, that's the result of the pet being left in a kennel dryer, which is a dryer that attaches to the kennel itself that the dog is sitting in. And because animals and dogs have a temperature that starts much higher than ours, they can overheat. So asking what their process is, checking out the facility, meeting the people that work there. And, you know, I say this all the time in life itself, go with your gut. If you think something might not be going on right or that your dog just really doesn't seem to enjoy going to the place, it might be time to look around and see if another place might be a match. But have questions. How long have they been in the field and how long their business has been there and what their grooming process is like? And all of those questions are definitely welcomed by me. Once someone selects a groomer, do you think it's important that they visit the location that the grooming is being done at? And it's probably a good idea to make sure that the location is clean and sanitary. I agree, Bruce, and that's true. I think that you want to see a place that looks like it's maintained and clean, um, organized, and I definitely think that's an important aspect of the field itself. And again, you know, experience level is a big thing in grooming. Grooming does require a lot of experience. It does require a lot of hands-on work with the pet. It requires you to have basic knowledge of dogs, canine behavior, all of those things. But I think it's definitely important to check different areas. Don't always go by the price. Or it isn't necessarily the best way to go. You know, go with your gut and see what the groomers are like in each individual shop. Our guest this week is Matt Lavallee. He is the owner of the Wagon Inn and widely regarded as an expert on pet grooming. Matt, I want to switch gears here a second and talk about the animals themselves. Let's say that you've got an animal 
that is anxious. What role does that play in any potential grooming? Our motto at Wag On In is comfort before vanity. And that basically means that we're going to make the dog comfortable and do what we can to make it as easy of a process as possible for that dog. And if that requires it not to look perfectly like a show dog, then so be it. Typically, when we have a dog that's anxious, we try to go at their pace. We try to modify different aspects of the groom if we need to. Sometimes we will give the dog a break in between the bathing process and the drying process and the actual groom itself. It's very important to sort of go at their pace and not have to stress. So I usually stress to my customers that it could take two hours, it could take four hours. Sometimes that break in between is exactly what's needed. And again, you have to sort of size up every dog that we see. And we have such wonderful customers, and we've really gotten to know a lot of our dogs and their personalities. But we do try to bend to them and make it as easy an experience as possible for the dog. In terms of the time that the session should take, you touched on this a moment ago, I guess it varies? It does. And I think that there's a misconception and it's similar to a human haircut. And so some people don't understand why the grooming process takes much longer than getting your own haircut because there are so many steps in grooming between the bathing and the drying. That alone sometimes can take an hour just to get the dog to the point where it's ready to go on the table. Sometimes the actual haircut or brush out because you don't want to rush. I found over the years that I have been grooming, that rushing is never a good thing. That's when mistakes are made by the groomer. So there are some dogs that might take only an hour, and there are some dogs that could take three or four hours. And the best thing to sort of let them go at their own pace, that way you don't have a super anxious dog every time they go to the groomers. In your opinion, is it a good thing that the pet parents stay for the session or not? In general, what I've found is that the dog itself knowing that their pet parent is there with them, is trying to get to the pet parent. It's a distraction to the dog when we're trying to use sharp instruments around them. So I've found over my years of grooming that it does add sort of a challenge to most dogs when their pet parent is there with them. However, I have had some customers who chose to stay and it actually made the process a lot easier. So there certainly are cases where having the pet parent there with their dog can settle them. So they're sort of a double-edged sword. I know this depends by area of the country, but what should someone expect to pay for a grooming and should they discuss the fees with the groomer before everything goes on? When looking for a grooming shop, don't always just go for the price. Grooming, because it is such more of a process that we do, can be more expensive than a human haircut. For a small dog, it can range anywhere between $40 to $80, and larger dogs can range anywhere between $50 and $100. And again, you have to add things like if the dog has fleas, a lot of the flea-medicated shampoos cost more, so the groomer may charge you a little more to use the more costly shampoo. If your dog's severely matted, that takes the groomer much more time, so we have to put a little charge in there if the, the dog takes considerably more time. And then there are other things that can increase the cost. A lot of groomers nowadays offer things like teeth brushing, facial conditioning treatments, and things like that. So you can sort of pick and choose at some of your groomers, but I think that price range is usually pretty fair for what you're getting. And again, it really is area dependent. One of the other questions I wanted to touch on, Matt, is 
special needs animals. Now, you take care of all of my animals, all five of them, and two of the five of them are special needs animals. Zoe, who has no teeth and is very skittish, and Hobbs, who has a bad back. In terms of grooming, how do you handle animals that have needs like this? You know, Bruce, and I have to say I love your gang. They are really something special and very appreciative for all the work you and your wife have done in the field of rescuing animals. I was lucky enough to come from a veterinary background. I was a veterinary technician for over eight years. I learned so much in what can happen to animals, how to treat animals, injuries, things like that. So going into the grooming game, I really had a leg up on how to deal with different issues. Back issues are very common. ACL ligament injuries, which is the ligament behind the knee, are very common in dogs these days. So we deal with a lot of that. You deal with elderly dogs. They can have their own set of different medical issues. So you have to take each dog and what their problem is and sort of bend the groom to them. And I usually explain to the owner that sometimes it might not be perfect, but we'll get it done and we'll get it done that we're not going to injure or harm or make worse whatever injury or disability that the pet has. You definitely have to make each dog and what their medical condition is a priority during the groom. Well, Matt, the biggest compliment that I can give you is that even if I ever moved from Vermont, I would come back and have you groom my dogs because you're that good. They love you and they trust you. And to me, and I think to most pet parents, that's pretty important. Definitely. I've had such a passion for animals since I was a child and have continued that passion into a career. It's just here a blessing to be able to know people like you, to be able to serve the community, to be able to make a living doing what I love, and that's working with animals. Matt, if people would like more information about anything we talked about, or if they'd like to get in touch with you, perhaps, where is the best place for people to get in touch with you? You know, Bruce, we're a pretty low-tech facility. We're on Facebook. The page is Wagonin, LLC in Virgins, Vermont. You can contact us through that page. It's a great page. I try to keep it upbeat. We post daily pictures of all the dogs and the shop and informational stuff. We hold free seminars at our kennel, so you can find out information about those. You can contact us at area code 802-877-6866. And our email is lavalley.matthew at gmail.com. And feel free to reach out to that as well. Our guest this week has been Matt Lavalley. He is widely regarded throughout New England as one of the best groomers. He's also the owner of the Wagon Inn. And Matt, as always, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, Bruce, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on again. Shop, learn, and listen. Just a few things you can do right now at bruceandhobbs.com. Thanks for listening to the Bruce and Hobbs Podcast. With this week's Positive Pet News, I'm Gail Parmalee for the Bruce and Hobbs Podcast, and here's what's been happening in the world of pets. Los Angeles County firefighters spent four hours safely pulling a dog named Lucy out of a 30-foot well she fell into while hiking with her owners off a dirt trail near Malibu recently. The space Lucy was trapped in at the bottom was only two feet wide. The county's urban search and rescue team set up a rope system so they could lower a firefighter down to get Lucy and bring her back up. The firefighter said the pup was in good spirits and is doing great after a trip to the veterinarian, according to an update on the department's Facebook page. 
A California cat owner is grateful her adventurous tabby was well cared for on a four-year, 3,000-kilometer road trip from the Sunshine State to southern Ontario. Boo Boo the cat is healthy and looks amazing after the journey across the continent. Canadian Animal Protection Officers reunited Boo Boo with her owners at the Canada-U.S. border near Buffalo, New York last week. Her owner figures Boo's friendly disposition and love of hopping into vehicles may have played a role in her 2013 disappearance. More than a month after she was rescued, barely breathing from the Mississippi River in New Orleans, Bowie the Miracle Kitten is ready for a new home. The three-month-old kitten was found floating in the river by a construction worker who rushed her to the Louisiana SPCA. A new law proposed in Connecticut would make interfering with a service dog a crime. Connecticut is one of the few states that doesn't have a law on the books for interfering with a service dog in the course of duty. Like in Georgia, if anyone knowingly and intentionally distracts a service dog from their work or attempts to harass the dog or their human, they can find themselves spending up to 90 days in jail and a fine not to exceed $500 or both. Under the proposed bill, anyone in Connecticut found guilty of this will be facing a Class C misdemeanor This would result in the person facing up to three months in prison. There were some concerns that someone who innocently just wants to pet a dog might find themselves in some serious trouble that could change their life forever. The committee then decided to add the wording intentionally interferes to the bill, making intent the driving force. The bill now waits for further action by the State House of Representatives. And orphaned baby rhinos may finally be able to recover from losing their parents thanks to the help of some colorful knitted blankets keeping them warm. The rhinos at the Rhino Revolution Sanctuary in South Africa are actually greatly benefited by the blankets, which are knitted by volunteers at Blankets for Baby Rhinos. The young mammals find comfort in the blankets as well as warmth during colder weather, They also help to keep wounds from getting dirty or infected. And that's this week's Positive Pet News. Join the conversation anytime and share your pet-related stories with us at bruceandhobbs.com. For the Bruce and Hobbs Podcast, I'm Gail Parmalee. The Bruce and Hobbs Podcast, every episode archived and on demand anytime. Subscribe for free on iTunes under Podcasts. Or just listen at bruceandhobbs.com. The boys are back. Bruce and Hobbs following Gail Parmalee and another terrific positive pet news. Want to send a big thank you out to National Life Group, the exclusive sponsor of Bruce and Hobbs Radio. For over 168 years, they've been helping families and making the world a better place. We're honored to be working with them. Nationallife.com is their website. Definitely worth checking out. Our school visits continue as we move ahead in the school year. If you'd like to see where we'll be, visit bruceandhobbs.com and click on events. We've got everything listed there. Our Hobbs Goes Home book tour, Picking Up Steam. People across the country talking about this book, what it's doing to help kids and animals. Educators, child welfare advocates, teachers, parents, and the kids themselves have called Hobbs Goes Home one of the most important children's books ever written. We visited over 195 schools in five states. It is our true story. You'll love it. And if you want to get your own copy, visit the store on our website. 
But that is going to do it for this week's podcast. Next time, more on the world of animals and information to help you become the best pet parent possible. Remember, you can get in touch with us anytime through our website, bruceandhobbs.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to Bruce and Hobbs Radio for free on iTunes. Keep in mind, you can also get the show emailed to you by shooting us a message at info at bruceandhobbs.com. Many thanks to pet grooming expert Matthew Lavalley for being our guest, and we want to thank the people who put the show together and make it go. Our producer, Gail Parmalee, and associate producer and content development director, Tammy Zeman. Of course, we can't forget my best buddy, Little Hobbs. Hobbs and I hope the rest of your week is fantastic and that you will always remember that one person and his or her actions can change the world. We hope that you'll be one of those people and give more animals like Hobbs a second chance. Enjoy the rest of the week. And we'll catch you next time. Bruce and Hobbs is a production of Bruce and Hobbs, LLC. The opinions expressed by the guests on the program do not necessarily reflect those of Bruce and Hobbs. This program was recorded at the Bruce and Hobbs Studios in Vermont with post-production provided by Otter Creek Media. The executive producer is Bruce Zeman. The producer and post-production engineer is Gail Parmalee. Learn more and join the conversation anytime at bruceandhobbs.com.